You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number 12. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. this episode today, you're going to get to meet one of the foremost leaders in the natural healthcare and skincare revolution in the world, Rachel Pontio. I met Rachel several years ago when we were at a networking conference, and I was immediately struck by not only her external beauty, her flawless skin, and physical beauty, but also her internal beauty. She radiates a strength and a self-possession and a self-love that exudes from her energetic field when you're just in her presence. She's extremely present with herself and therefore extremely present with others and allows herself to impart knowledge and really to be a leader in this field of natural healthcare and skincare and be the voice for helping women to see and learn about and discover their own authentic beauty, which radiates from the inside out. So I'm so grateful to have Rachel on the podcast today. Here's her formal bio. Rachel Pontillo is a holistic skincare innovator. She's an author and an educator. She is the best-selling author of the book, Love Your Skin, Love Yourself, and co-author of The Sauce Code. She's a functional nutrition practitioner, AADP and IAHC board certified international health coach, a licensed esthetician and natural skincare formulator and educator. She's the president and co-founder of the National Aesthetics Alliance and the creator of the popular skincare and healthy lifestyle blog, Holistically Hote, as well as the much-loved online course, Create Your Skincare. She's an avid herbalist, skincare ingredient aficionado, and a lifelong learner. I think you'll really enjoy this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. You're going to learn what Rachel's definition is of her brilliant health and how you create it. And she's going to give you some tips on things and actions that you can take today to start improving your skin and having it radiate the beauty that is inside you. So lean in and listen on how you can create the bountiful, blissful, beautiful health that you deserve. So thank you so much for joining me, Rachel. It's lovely to have you here. Well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. And I love talking about great skin. I think that I was blessed in that department by getting great skin from my DNA, the genes that my parents gave me. Uh, but I have had to have some upkeep, particularly as I've become older. And so it's one of my favorite topic. So I'm so grateful that you agreed to come on the show and talk with us about it, because I think it's something that a lot of women have concerns about. 
Absolutely. I think it's definitely something that affects women on a daily basis because it's the first thing we see when we look in the mirror in the morning. And it's often the last thing we see before we turn in for the night. And it's something that we catch in reflections as we go through our day. And it's also how we present ourselves to the world and how the world first experiences us. So it does have a lot of meaning that is beyond just the beauty or vanity aspect of it. Right. And I know for me, it's one of the first things that I look at to assess somebody's health status mm-hmm. is their skin, the quality of their skin, what's going on with on with their skin on their face, particularly. And I can tell a lot about what's going on internally with a person by just seeing their face for the first time. So how did you get interested in natural skincare? What's your journey to the path that you've taken? Well, skincare for me was something that was out of necessity. I struggled with acne for many, many years since I was really a child into my teens, into my 20s. And then I didn't really figure out what my skin needed until I was in my early 30s. And it wasn't until I shifted to a more natural regimen, both with topical products and treatments, as well as making dietary shifts and adding certain Mm -hmm. supplements and lifestyle changes, that that's when my skin just was like, oh, that's what I need. But for me, I was always into more natural things because my mother raised me that way. She always cooked. You know, we had home cooked meals every day, even though she was a single working mom, it was really important to her that we sat at the table and we prepared meals together and we enjoyed meals with no distractions or anything. And she always was that person that, you know, we'd go shopping. She'd see something, she'd be like, oh, that's so overpriced. You can make that yourself for like $5. And that was the same, whether it was clothing or something like for the house or beauty products. And she did make a lot of concoctions. We had a big garden. She grew food. She grew herbs. And um, when I was struggling with acne, she did try a lot of at-home remedies, which didn't necessarily work because not to bash on my mom, but she didn't quite know what she was doing in that regard. But she did try. And some things were more successful than other things. But the love for plants and love for working with plants and getting your hands in the dirt and making things rather than just looking to what's been made by, you know, a robot in a factory and sold off the shelf in a store was always something that was instilled in me. So when I later went back to school for aesthetics, this was after I had worked for cosmetics companies. I worked in skincare and I worked in makeup um, in a couple of different roles. And I was fascinated by some of the more sciencey type ingredients, but I just kept realizing because they kept having to explain. They would say like, oh yeah, this ingredient can do all of this, but there's only like a 50 or 60% chance that that'll even penetrate into the skin. And even then, there's even less of a chance that it'll work because by the time the person gets it in the bottle at home, it will have degraded because it's unstable. So we have to package it in this liposome or this delivery system. And you have to open the skin with steam and maybe use a derma roller or this and that. Or I'm like, that is too much work to get these, these ingredients into the skin that may or may not work once they're in there. 
And I, I was just like, how, how have women done this for thousands of years before science? Because really these sciency ingredients are a fairly new development just as, you know, other things in like pharmaceutical medicine and, um, you know, uh, ingredient technology, even with food, this is all, you know, post-industrial revolution type stuff we're dealing with, but women have been into beauty for always before that. It was not, this is not something that, you know, oh, we had the industrial revolution, white petrolatum was discovered, cold cream was invented, and wow, women now care about beauty. That's not how it was. So I just, started thinking like, how did they do this? What did they use? And I became fascinated whenever I would see videos of, you know, how makeup is made using certain pigments from all around the world, what flowers they use, what vegetables they use, how they do that, what their process is. And I also saw that, um, when it comes to working with oils and butters and milks and herbs, there's such a reverent way that women prepared these products for themselves or for their ladies, if they were, you know, ladies maids and they were doing this. And I was just really enthralled by the respect they had for the ingredients and the connection they had to the ingredients. They knew exactly why the ingredient was there. They knew where the ingredient came from. And it, it was more than just a product in a bottle. It was a relationship between the person and the plant and then that product and the person that it was being made for. And this trinity of positive, beautiful energies between, you know, producer, consumer, and plant really is something that I found very fascinating and that I wanted to experience for myself. So I started learning to mix things up myself. I did not do a very good job of it at first, but I learned. Um, I continue studying aromatherapy and herbalism and aesthetics and Ayurvedic herbs and Chinese herbs and just did a lot of experimentation, mostly on myself. And then later on, I got a little bit braver and asked other people to, to try. And then I started teaching how to make products. And it's funny because people always ask, why don't you have a skincare line? And my answer is, I I believe that just like people should be cooking food that they use to nourish the inside of their bodies. I think they should be making products for themselves because I feel it's just such a beautiful act of self-care. And and it really is something that I think promotes self-love for women, especially. So I'm really passionate about teaching and educating and finding new ways to choose ingredients that make sense for individual people's needs. And also, as you said, you were blessed with beautiful skin genetically. And you and I have met in person, and I can attest that you look, you know, your skin is stunning. Um, but as you age, we do need to make changes. So the skin might have once been oily as you get older, maybe it's not anymore. Your skin might've once been dried as you age. Maybe it's not anymore. You might do something like (laughs) I, um, I had my face threaded. Have you ever had that done? Uh, for eyebrow threading? Yeah. I had had my whole face done. Oh, your whole face. Yeah. So I was told that, oh, it makes your, your makeup look like it's airbrushed because you get a, get rid of all the little baby peach fuzz hairs and it's so smooth. It looks amazing. Well, my entire forehead and my neck and my jawline had a histamine reaction to that. Oh. So 
and this was like a week ago. So I, I have a ton of bumps on me now. I'm like, Oh geez, this is terrible timing. Cause I knew I was going to be on this show, but I knew it, it's something to talk about because in my own yeah. skincare regimen, I said, okay, my skin has a lot of inflammation going on right now. And it's also extremely reactive right now because I've disrupted it with this threading. So I made changes to the oils that I was using. I used a lot more cooling and calming ingredients like aloe. I got some cucumber hydrosol and I've been adjusting my regimen because of what happened to my skin, because I did something that I will never do again. But, um, you All know. right, so you've, you've said so many wonderful things, and I do <laughs> want to interrupt you because nothing excites me more than a woman who's passionate about her life and what she does and how she helps people and how she interacts with others and who exhibits brilliant health herself. And so you are really, you epitomize that. So thank you, because it takes a lot of bravery for somebody to follow their calling and follow their own path that isn't on the main street and is off in the woods and to create that trail. And so thank you for being the example to women everywhere. Thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you for hearing me. I, I, whenever you and I do communicate, I always, you have a wonderful way of making people feel heard. So thank you for creating that space. Oh, my pleasure. That's, that's really my intention with this podcast is to give women and men, their men, male guests also a voice, but to be the clarion call for other women to improve their health naturally and improve their lives so that they live more authentically and they express their unique gifts that only they can express Mm -hmm. in this life. And so Thank you for being a part of that. And like I said, you brought up so many wonderful uh, topics that I want to touch on. Um, I do think that the Industrial Revolution really uh, changed the way we look at our health overall, and particularly our skincare. Here were all these chemicals that were developed and ways of mass producing them and getting them into the hands of people. And we thought that this was progress. You know, now we don't have to get cheese from a specialty farmer. We can get it in a plastic package at the store everywhere. Or we don't have to make our own herbal facial products or hair care products. That was almost became shunned. Right. That was what poor so people. So old fashioned. Said. Yeah. Old fashioned. Or right. What poor people would have to do because they couldn't afford to buy it. You're absolutely right. Right. It and so. shifted that whole conversation. It's made society and expensive and expeditious from the store shelf was better. Right. All of a sudden. But I think now we're having this reawakening that that's not the case. There are lots of chemicals in those products that are internally harmful. And yes, everybody listening, when you slather that face cream that you got from the CVS or Walgreens shelf all over your face, you are absorbing all those ingredients. So take a good look at that ingredient list that usually has 20, maybe 30 ingredients of chemicals that you don't know what they are and you can't pronounce them. You're absorbing them. So you may as well just be taking a spoon and eating it because it's being absorbed the same way as if you were eating it right into your bloodstream. And actually that's a more expeditious delivery system. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because it doesn't have to bypass the digestive system in the liver and all of that. And, you know, 
we know for a fact that things getting absorbed into the skin do affect health because now we have a lot of pharmaceutical drugs and supplements that are delivered transdermally or topically because they know that it, you know for people who have a compromised digestive system or compromised liver well maybe they can't metabolize vitamin D or, or magnesium supplements like that. So we see a lot of topical applications of those types of nutrients. And we see a lot of um, transdermal medications being delivered to people who are having compromised internal functions like that now. So the skin soaks things in like a sponge. Yes, it is designed to keep things out, which it does to a certain extent. But the problem with that is that's going under the assumption that the skin's barrier function is fully intact, which for many of us, it's not because our environment is just so toxic. The water that we bathe and shower in, the air that we are constantly in contact with, whether it's you know indoor air pollution due to air conditioning vents and heating vents and you know um, in fumes from indoor chemicals, and then of course the outdoor you know air pollution, but um, the skin, the armor, let's just say it has a few tanks in it. It's not, it's not this, you know, perfect armor that is really just repelling everything that it needs to repel because it is constantly barraged. And the cells that are being formed, because for so many people who are eating processed food diets and fast food diets and who, who are dehydrated and malnourished, the cells that the skin armor is being created with are not really healthy cells to begin with. They're cells that have leakage in the membranes. They're not hydrated. They don't have enough fats holding them together. So by the time they rise to the surface, they're already not ready to do their function in keeping out those environmental aggressors. So that for that reason, the skin does tend to absorb a lot more than it would have if we were walking around fully nourished, fully hydrated, no stress, fully rested, all of that, all those good things that, you know, we should be working towards on a daily basis. It's not just for the appearance of our skin, but it's also to help it do its functions, which are so important to our overall health and well-being. Right. They really are. And thank you for highlighting that. Most people are not aware that our skin is actually our biggest organ in our body and its function is to keep things in and keep things out. So it is our main barrier. It's our main boundary with the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, and the integrity of our skin isn't just about beauty. It is about the health of our body and it reflects our internal health but also the integrity and health of the cells in the skin themselves. Right. So I love what Rachel is doing, educating people. And thank you for doing that. Um, and I want to have you talk a little bit about what you cover in your course, what you cover in your book, and how you teach people to assess their skin and care for their skin naturally, and maybe even give some tips that people could start following to improve the health of their skin today. Absolutely. So my book is Love Your Skin, Love Yourself. And it really, I call it kind of like a skincare self-help self -help memoir. It teaches you kind of what I went through to heal my own skin. And I also had a weight loss journey that was intertwined with that. And the two were related for me. And I explain that in the book. But for me and for so many of my clients and my students, it is a mind, body, spirit healing experience. So 
the diet and the lifestyle, the changes that are necessary for so many people who struggle with acne and other skin conditions. I struggled with them too. And I tried a lot of things that didn't work. So I tell you what worked for me, both with, you know, in my diet, but also lifestyle changes that I adopted to help just facilitate that healing process and keep the results going. But what I found for myself personally, and for so many of my clients in my private practice and also my students, is that many of us intellectually know what we're supposed to be doing to get results that we want, whether it's for weight loss or whether it's for better skin or just eating healthier, living a better life, but we don't do it. And we let ourselves get distracted. We get caught up in self-sabotage. We get caught up in the busyness of life. And we use that as an excuse to not take care of ourselves and to not do these things that we know are going to help ourselves feel better. So I go into a lot of the mindset piece that was necessary for me to shift in order to achieve those results, but also the things that I keep reminding myself to do mindset wise, when I find myself getting stuck in that busyness cycle or chasing after the kids or managing my businesses and helping my clients and all of that, it's a a constant reminder. It's not just a one and done. Okay. I'm going to do the diet. I'm going to do the lifestyle. I'm going to get my sleep. I'm going to drink my water. I'm going to meditate. Yes. It's done now. No, it's not done now. I checked it off. It's done exactly. for, for the rest of my life. No, we have to keep shifting and we have to be willing to be flexible with ourselves and to keep resetting our mind when we catch ourselves in these kind of negative mindset moments where we begin to undo some of the good that we've done. So I go into a lot of that in my book, as well as um, my online course, Must Have Secrets for Gorgeous Skin. It's kind of, um, the book is kind of what I did. And then the course is also, here's what you can do. And um, it's, it's really simple. And it talks about the, you know, what to, what to look for in food, as well as in topical treatments and topical products, as well as what to avoid. And um, then I do go into that mindset piece a lot and give you some exercises to work with. Right. Well, that, that all sounds wonderful. And I just want to reiterate that I tell people all the time, health is not an event. It is right. a journey. It's not yep. something no destination. All of a sudden I'm there and then it's done. It's, it's, it's a journey like your life is and you're going down this road and you always have to be adjusting. And what, what would be your number one mindset tip that you would share with everyone? For- it's going to sound really cheesy but you have to tell yourself, I love you. Yes. Yes. You have to believe it. You have to believe it. You have to do it until you believe it. And you have to be able to look yourself in the eye and see who you are and not see all of this that you don't like, because until you can do that, you're not going to do what's needed to get all of this. You have to feel you deserve it. And you have to feel the love for who you are. Because everyone is here for a reason. You didn't just, you know, materialize like, poof, here you are. You're on this planet. You're living this life and then you're dead. No, you're here for a reason. Um, You know, you have to find that inner glow in yourself, that spark. And you have to look yourself in the eye, even when 
There are things that are visible on you, whether it's weight or whether it's skin that you don't like temporarily and see the constant that is inside and value that person and understand that no matter what is going on out here, the person in there is always the same. And that person deserves just as much love as that person deserved when he or she was a child, when he or she was in pain, when he or she was afraid, as he or she deserves when he or she is successful and all of that. So we have to be able to love ourselves in whatever physical form we happen to be in at that moment in time. Because that constant inner person, inner spirit is what guides us to do all this hard stuff that for some people seems like torture. Like in my book, I tell people, avoid gluten, dairy, and sugar. And they're like, what? Bye. No. But I promise you, it's, it's worth it to, to make changes and to sometimes go against what you might have been taught was right. Because oftentimes when it comes to nutrition and beauty, especially what we've been taught is right was not for the benefit of our health. It was so that somebody could make a buck. Right. And, and I just want to reiterate what Rachel's saying about love yourself as the number one mindset tip and just remind everybody listening that love Loving yourself is not an event either. It's a verb to love yourself. And I work with people. I was working last night on my uh, weekly coaching call where I take people through my weight loss program on exactly that. And it's, it's, it's a love is a verb and it's how you treat yourself, how you speak to yourself, which you think thoughts in your head and that's speaking to yourself. And it is being able to look at yourself in the mirror but not at your physical body, but to the soul part of yeah. you that's deep inside that never changes, that came here for a reason, that's irrepeatable, irreplaceable, and unharmable and perfect. And really appreciating that, that part of you that I teach people is the energetic framework for your physical body. And so yes. if you don't love that energetic part of yourself, this will never be the way you want it to be. That's right. And, you know, when it comes to something that we don't like about our skin or our body, that's usually easy to fix. You know, once we line the ducks up, we do what we, we check the things off the list, that's going to improve. But if you don't inherently love who you are inside, then you're just going to find something else on the outside to dislike. And we talk about that in the book as well. But I, I just want everybody, everybody to understand that it might seem really cheesy. It might seem fake. Like, I love you. Yes, I do. You know, it, however you need to do it to make it a part of your daily practice, I want you to do it. And then the other thing that I really want people to know is that you have everything you need to do amazing things for your health, but you need to trust yourself. You don't need something that has been formulated by an expert or something that, you know, there's been all these clinical trials and studies that have proven this or proven that. If you know something is good for you because you've experienced it, go with that. Trust yourself, trust your body's own innate knowledge and trust the guidance that you're given by your spirit because that in so many instances is all the proof you need 
But if you then second guess it, that's when you can get lost. Yeah. And I would reiterate that. I think we all have an internal GPS that tells us what's true and what's BS. And we need to learn to follow that Mm -hmm. and really trust ourselves. Not an easy thing to do because most of us are raised to trust people and authorities outside of us. Right. But you can take that GPS and put it back inside of you, take the compass and make it your internal compass again and say, I'm going to follow this path because this resonates for me. And I know people listening are thinking, well, I'm listening to this podcast because I want to hear about skincare. Well, you are hearing about skincare. Right. It's all a part of it. It's, you know, look, I could tell you the easiest advice I could give you is instead of going to the store to replace something next time you run out of a cleanser or a cream or something like that, I encourage you to get some natural ingredients like a jojoba oil and an aloe plant and rose water and see what you can make with those. It's really simple to get started. And what you get that has been made from a whole plant is always going to be more concentrated and is always going to be better for you than something that is mostly water, a bunch of chemicals with a couple of active ingredients, and then a preservative shoved into a plastic bottle that's leaching chemicals. Yes. (laughs) So let's get, let's talk about the top skin problems that people complain about. And let's just get into um, maybe what are some of the causes that they're not going to hear at their regular doctor's office and maybe what are some of the treatments. So acne, eczema, melasma, psoriasis, these are some of the top ones. Let's start talking about those. Yeah. So for all of those there are internal causes. So we've talked about, you know, certain food triggers, gluten, dairy, sugar are common, but everyone has their own unique triggers, which that's something that you can figure out with an elimination diet. If you're just eating things and you're just finding that you're feeling lousy, you're feeling bloated, maybe you're having digestive issues, or if you're noticing that you do get a rash or you do get a breakout, even after you eat something as natural as like a salad that might not be one of the common food triggers, it might still be a trigger for you. But the good news with triggers is that when you eliminate them for a while after you've identified them, the body does heal typically from whatever that sensitivity was and it's possible to get over a sensitivity. So for me personally, when I got into functional nutrition, I did a bunch of testing on myself. I did um, some food sensitivity tests and I found that I was sensitive to things like romaine lettuce and spinach. I'm like, that's ridiculous. I eat that all the time. I have it in my smoothies. I have it in my salad. I have it in stir fries. I'm like, what, how how am I going to, why would I eliminate two of the most healthiest foods? Well, I did it. I tried it for a little while and some of the issues I was experiencing improved. And I just substituted them with other greens that I also liked that weren't those specific ones. Um, So for some people, you know, testing is a good way to kind of shortcut that. But if testing is not an option or accessible for you, just start listening to your body. Look at your skin. Sometimes if you have rosacea, you will get a flare up of rosacea. If something you've eaten just does not agree with your body and it might not be one of the common ones. Same with melasma. Melasma is something that is commonly associated with pregnancy or hormonal changes in women. But we do know now that it has more to do with the liver and body burden 
and um, the skin just constantly feeling the, the pigment cells kind of open like umbrellas and it's trying to kind of push out the danger. It's a defense mechanism. So if there is constant inflammation due to something like a food sensitivity, those umbrellas are going to stay open. So typically if you are aware of how your body responds to certain foods. If melasma is something that shows up for you, maybe it's more prominent and it doesn't have to be full-fledged melasma. It could be just dark spots that you might have gotten from too much sun exposure. For me, I have, I, I joke that they're my, they're my speckles. I, um, I have two symmetrical dark spots on each cheek that I got in aesthetic school from too much microdermabrasion and too much glycolic acid that we had to do to get licensed. We had to give treatments and experience treatments to meet our requirements before we could even graduate. So, um, you know, we joke, estheticians joke that we often leave aesthetic school with worse skin than when we went in because we're not, it's not like a regular experience where you might go once a month or once every few months for a treatment. We're getting them every day in some cases. So I always joke that when I was a kid, I wanted freckles because I had friends who had these awesome freckles, but now I have my speckles from that. And that's, it's considered post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. It's not melasma, but it's hyperpigmentation that's there because I damaged those cells and those cells remain damaged. Now, when I'm eating according to what I know my body is not sensitive to. And when I'm drinking enough water and getting enough sleep and using skincare products that I know my skin is not reactive to, you hardly see them. But if I have gone out to eat and maybe there was something in my dinner that my body didn't recognize or didn't like, or maybe I get something done like threading that my skin doesn't like, or it's, it disrupts you know, the status quo of my skin, those speckles come right out. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're showing me right now that I did something that my body doesn't like. So instead of trying to cover them or scrub them away, I'm like, oh, speckles are there. Thanks. Thanks for letting me know. It's kind of like a little messenger system for my skin. And even though the acne I've gotten under control, if I have an ingredient that my skin doesn't like, or if I do something to my skin that it doesn't like, I will get a breakout. Now it's not acne in the sense that it's caused by bacteria necessarily, but it could be from a histamine reaction. So a lot of people have histamine reactions to certain foods, certain things in their life, certain things that they're exposed to, whether it's a household cleaning product, or if you travel and you sleep on a hotel sheet and they're using a different detergent than what your skin is used to, you might get a breakout that's actually more of a histamine reaction or an irritant reaction instead of a traditional acne breakout that has a P. acnes bacteria-related cause. So there's a lot of things that if you're experiencing breakouts that you, you know, you're, you think you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, but you're still breaking out, check these other things off, check for food sensitivities, check for mold in your home or your office, check your water system, um, your water supply, maybe adding a water filter could help chlorine and fluoride in water. Um, I just interviewed someone on my podcast who wrote a book about the connection between cystic acne and fluoride. And these are things that people don't necessarily think about, but anything, whatever the way your skin tells you something wrong is, whether it's rosacea, acne, melasma, eczema, psoriasis, typically that's how your skin is choosing to communicate with you. Hey, 
I don't like what you're doing right now. I don't like what you're putting in. I don't like what you're exposing yourself to. Or if there's a virus or a bacteria that your microbiome is fighting off, your skin also might let you know in that way. My older daughter, she gets an eczema breakout on her stomach whenever she is fighting off a cold. That's just one way that her skin is choosing to tell her, hey, you need to beef up on the probiotics and make sure you're taking your vitamins. And, you know, we, we kind of use that as a, as a barometer because, you know, she's in school, she's getting exposed to the, I I call them the school cooties. (laughs) And that's the way her body tells us, Hey, you've been exposed to something. Let's make sure you're getting enough rest and hydration and all of that. So It it really can be anything. You just have to figure out what it is for you. And then eliminating that in addition to doing all these other things that are supportive to healthy skin in your lifestyle, that that's really the best way to do it. Right. And I, I love how you're getting at the fact that your skin really is like the envelope of the letter that you mail that's giving you the indicator. It's a message when you have a skin problem right. that something is going on and there are internal and external causes and you need to look at both. Right. And it really fits nicely with what I talk about as the four pillars of health and healing, because usually there's some degree of hormonal imbalance involved that you need to look at, particularly with melasma yep. and oftentimes with acne. Uh, And there's always a toxicity component, like you talked about with the fluoride and killing off the the healthy microbiome in the gut. Oftentimes there's a nutrition component because there are nutrients lacking that the skin doesn't have to heal. And then there's that mental, emotional, spiritual component because the skin condition couldn't exist without that energetic framework. So I love that you help people to really identify what are the internal causes What are the external causes and looking at things like food sensitivities, water, unfiltered water, Mm -hmm. stress in the environment, because your skin is really the messenger. Absolutely. And you know, if it sounds like this is a lot to think about and it's, it's overwhelming because it's so many changes to make, I just encourage you to just pause and take a breath and check in with yourself and be really honest with yourself and ask, what is the priority for me right now? Because you might be someone who has already made a ton of dietary changes and you exercise all the time and you meditate and you, you know, say your positive affirmations, you do all this. Okay, well, maybe for you, the topical stuff might be a logical place to start. Mm -hmm. Or if you're someone who you feel like you're nailing the topical stuff, you're doing the, you're making your own products, you're using the herbs, it all makes sense. You're seeing results, but then when you stop, it comes back then that is saying, okay, well, you figured out part of the puzzle. You figured out the topical. Now it's time to look inside. So you can kind of put the topical out of your mind and then focus inside. And then, you know, if you're nailing the nutrition and you're nailing the topical stuff, but you find that you're having some insecurities or you find yourself self-sabotaging or having low self-confidence, or you're still looking at yourself in the mirror saying, I hate you instead of I love you, or you're ugly instead of you're beautiful then maybe the mindset piece is the priority for you. So I encourage you to just check in with yourself and see what you're already doing really well. Cause I guarantee you're all, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already doing a lot of things really well for yourself. So this is an opportunity to see what else you can add, but also where to focus first. 
Yes, definitely. I like that because that makes it practical and doable because sometimes it can be overwhelming when you think about all of the things that go into creating healthy skin. And so just keep it in today and keep it simple. That's right. And just what can you do for yourself today? And then what can you do tomorrow? Because I'll tell you something, overwhelm is as easy to fall into as busyness. There's always going to be something more we can be doing for ourselves. Always. Always. So just start with today. Start with, you know, what do I have in my kitchen right now that I can cook for myself or that I can make into a DIY face mask? Or, you know, what herbs can I make a tea out of that I can spritz my face with and then also enjoy a warm cup of? What can I, where can I steal five minutes in my day to just be quiet and still and be with myself? Just start with little things like that. And then see how that feels. Sit in that moment and continue the next day with something else. It, it's, it's always, as you said, it's a journey. It's a process. There might be detours. There might be times where you take in the scenic route and you're on your Sunday drive. There might be times when you feel like you're in a traffic jam, but you just got to keep going. Yeah, like I say now, when overwhelm starts to creep up, I go, absolutely not. I do not live at overwhelm anymore, and I go do something else because Overwhelm attracts more overwhelm. Right, and it's never that all of a sudden the things got to be too many. It's just that my perception changed that it was too many, so I need to stop and go do something else. But I love what you shared. Can we give some more specifics about Little things that someone could do, like you said, brew a cup of tea and spritz it on my face. What would be your number one tea? So I'm a big fan of roses. Rose is like my signature flower. I put it in almost every product that I make. I sit with it a lot. I meditate with roses. I draw them. Um, It's just a plant that's really meaningful to me. So I drink rose tea. I make rose honey. I just posted on my Instagram the other day, this clay mask that I made with roses um, crushed up in it. And that's just an ally flower for me personally. And it's also an ally for women's health in general. So I would say if there's a flower or a plant that resonates with you, look at ways that you can use that for skincare. It might be, you know, crushing it up in a mortar and pestle as a powder and adding it in a face mask with some yogurt or with some honey. Or if it's something like aloe vera, you can, you know, get the gel out of the leaf and blend it up and use that to make a little serum for yourself. You can add some essential oils to it. If you have some essential oils that you like and make a DIY serum out of aloe vera gel and essential oils. Um, If there's an oil that you feel particularly connected with, maybe it's something that is in your family. You know, I have Mediterranean roots and olive oil is a really big part of our lives. It's what we cook with. It's what women use for hair treatments, skin treatments. It's just part of life. And that's something that resonates with me as well. When I smell a really fresh, beautiful olive oil, it's just like, it just transports me. So I would say any plant that you have a particular connection with, start with that. And that's going to be different for everyone. And it's supposed to be. Some others that people really work well with are uh, calendula. Calendula is really lovely for reducing inflammation. It's also known to help stimulate growth of collagen and elastin. 
So that's something that, you know, if fine lines and wrinkles or dark spots, cause it's really um, anti-inflammatory, if that's something that is a concern for you, maybe a calendula tea would be lovely to make, to use as a compress or to put in a toner for yourself. Um, chamomile is another one. If you find that you are someone who tends to be like really kind of chaotic and going, 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 chamomile can really help to just calm down a little bit because typically if your mind is racing, your skin is going to kind of be overstimulated as well. So you want to kind of just calm that down. Um, lavender is another one that's really lovely. It's the herb itself as well as the essential oil are really good for inflammation. So if you're someone with rashes or acne, it's something that can be quite helpful for you. It's also very calming, smells good too. Um, so it's just start thinking about what plants have meaning for you because typically the way, the way plants communicate is not always like it, it might not show up and speak to you but it might give you a memory. It might give you a feeling. So thinking about what plants have been meaningful to you in your life or meaningful in your family, that is probably a plant ally for you. So I would say start with that. And some ways you can use it would be a compress, uh, grinding it up into a face mask with some powdered clay that you can get online or at a health food store, um, or making a tea out of it would be really lovely. And I appreciate how you're talking about this, your, your plant ally. Mm-hmm. Something that I really try to help people reconnect with is that what you like has meaning for you personally. And I, I love how you shared, Rachel, that roses have particular meaning for you. You mm-hmm. draw them in teas, in oils, etc. And I think that a lot of times we can hear about the latest, greatest uh, flower for your skin, and then we go run out to get it, but it may not be appropriate for us personally. Mm-hmm. So you have to stop and ask that internal GPS, does this resonate with me mm-hmm. or not? Uh, because that plant speaks to you in its form, how it, what it looks like, in the colors, in um, how it grows, its seasonality. So for instance, lavender. I'm all about lab. Well, mm. see, lavender. Yeah, you color. love it. Yeah. <laughs> so my favorite kombucha right now is the lavender kombucha. Oh, so, that sounds amazing. Yeah, everybody, really pay attention to what resonates for you personally, and that's where you should go. That's where your goal. Right there, absolutely. Because yes. let me tell you, it is. There are so many gorgeous flowers out there. There are so many. If you go on like an herbal website. Um, or someone who sells essential oils and you're reading the descriptions, they all look amazing. They all look like they're going to be the miracle cure for your skin. Nature has provided an incredible bounty, but instead of just like collecting, just start with what's most meaningful to you. Otherwise you're going to end up with a whole bunch of stuff that maybe you can't use. Yeah. Great. This is so much wonderful information, and you certainly demonstrate what I consider to be her brilliant health. And I would love it if you would share with everyone what your definition of her brilliant health might be. Oh, goodness. Brilliant is one of my favorite words. I just, I just think it exudes just radiance and vibrance and all of these amazing things that we want to feel. So for me, her brilliant health really speaks to the idea that we are embodying who we really are in all of our divine glory. We are 
taking in all of this wisdom that we're learning from the earth and from spirit and from our own physical and emotional bodies. And we are just holding it, but then we're letting it out and we're sharing it. I love that. I absolutely love that. And what would your top three actions be that people listening could take to help improve their skin starting today? We've covered a lot of topics. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed. And I do want to send them away with three actions they could take, simple things. Okay. Number one, figure out what your number one plant ally is and either get that plant and have it in your home, in your office, if if it's available to you. But if it's not, get a beautiful picture. Go even look on Google Images and print it off if you have to. Just have it in your life and just start looking at it every day, make a practice to look at it and just start communicating with that plant's energies every day, however you possibly can. So that's number one. Number two, you've got to drink enough water and do it however you have to do it. Now I'm going to tell you this, this is going to sound silly to some people. I recently got one of those like gem infused water bottles that it has like the gemstones in it. And it was crazy expensive. And my husband's like, seriously, you have to spend $100 on a water bottle to drink more water. Let me tell you something. That thing comes everywhere with me. I feel it makes, you know, it makes me feel elegant and special when I'm drinking my Emerald and Clear Quartz infused water. I have been drinking so much more water since I bought that thing. I'm not saying everybody has to go do that. But for me, it helped me drink more water. It helped me remember to drink more water because I like carrying my bottle with me. That's just one example. So however you need to drink more water in your life, whether that means you have a big bottle right on your nightstand so that the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, oh, open your eyes, there's my water, drink the water, 16 ounces, 32 ounces, whatever you need to do, just you got to drink the water, okay? So that's number two. And then number three The very next time in your life that you have to replace something, whether it's a skincare product or a uh, a color cosmetic, like a lipstick or a blush, or even a household cleaning product, like a laundry detergent or a, I don't know, air freshener or even a candle, don't buy the stuff that you're used to buying. If it's something that contains artificial fragrances or a lot of additives that are made of synthetic chemicals that you have no idea what they are and it would take you forever to try to look them up and understand. Nobody's got time for all that. Instead, just think about, okay, is this something I can make? Or is this something that maybe I should go to a health food store and look and see if they have an alternative that I can try? Just one thing at a time. So that's that's really the, that, the last thing I wanna say is next time you have to replace something, Think to yourself, what can I replace it with that's either homemade or or a better and more natural alternative? I love those. So number one, your plant ally. Number two, your water. Number three, replace your cosmetics and household items with natural alternatives for better, beautiful skin. You can check out Rachel's book, Love Your Skin, Love Yourself. She has a wonderful online program called Must Have Secrets for Gorgeous Skin. 
Her website is rachelpontillo.com. We'll have all these links in the show notes. So you'll be able to just click the link and check them out. And thank you so much, Rachel, for joining me today, joining me and sharing your brilliant health with everybody listening and your secrets for naturally beautiful skin. Thank it was you so such much. a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. And thank you, Rachel, for joining me and sharing your brilliant health and your insights into creating natural health and beauty from the inside out. Thank you for the tips that you shared. And thank you for the work that you do that is so important in increasing awareness and knowledge and capability, really creating health literacy for women. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for saying yes to yourself and your passion and your path that's off the beaten path, because without you saying yes, we wouldn't be able to benefit from all the gifts that you bring to this world. And by shining your unique gifts, you give others the permission to say yes to themselves and follow their unique paths. So what did you learn in this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio that you're going to go home and do today? I want you to commit to yourself right now on three actions that you're going to take today. We gave you plenty of them that are going to move your health in the right direction and move your skin's health in the right direction. What is it going to be? I want you to commit to yourself to do it before you go to bed. I want you to ask yourself if you did it. And if you did, I want you to endorse yourself and thank yourself for taking action on your own behalf, because that's how health actually occurs. It's not a big event. It's little choices that you make each and every day that move you towards health and healing. So what's it going to be for you? Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Look forward to seeing you in the next episode. And as always, I welcome your questions and comments, your show ideas on the website, kirandunstonmd.com. Thanks again. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you are inspired to take action on some new information you received today, a step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit kirandunstonmd.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.